listening to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 186, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Batman does his taxes. Welcome to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love and appreciation of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive in to today's episode. Welcome, welcome, everybody. We're your hosts. I'm Morgan Stradling. I'm Chelsea Robson. And I'm Mason Smith. Whoa! Whoa. I'm back, including the genie, brought to life again by the one and only Robin Williams. (laughs) Not an episode can go by without me quoting the preview for Aladdin, (laughs) Prince of Thieves. (laughs) Oh yeah, King of Thieves. I've only seen the movie once, but there is a certain disney vhs that i've seen so many times i can't it's probably robin hood or something the re-release they're finally getting married <laughs> they're, they're finally, finally getting, getting married. married they're finally getting married at the party oh yes i could go through the entire thing but i've done that on several me. episodes and you're probably probably tired of it <laughs> yes i'm back i'm hot i'm on this podcast again and i'm really excited about this episode in podcast form in color oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> We're doing uh, Batman, colon, space, Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. This was hotly requested. This was actually one that people have requested really? so many times over the years. And For years, yeah. And one of our new patrons, Esther, who also is a longtime listener, sent in a voicemail last ah. time and mentioned that, hey, this is one that you should do. And it is a cult classic. And I am so excited to talk about it. So, but before yep. we do any housekeeping, I had I had a baby, and I, well, I still have the baby. <laughs> Sorry, oh yay! <laughs> I had a baby once. Um, <laughs> she uh, she's doing fine. She's gonna be three months old in just a couple of weeks. Time flies, and she's she's great. Her name's L. We named her after L. Woods. I'm not afraid to admit it. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're hoping Harvard. I I, she's, I mean she's that is tall, the only so option some, so at some, this point. She's tall, so um, some some business role, nice. you know, would be great. Or, or, like or Olympic swimmer, nice. or Olympic swimmer, or collegiate swimmer, or whatever. You know, now that now that they're doing um, in, like Nike deals for college athletes in some states, I think I think we're on a good track. <laughs> I like this this career path that we you don't put any pressure on her at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of don't do this. Uh, and to prepare her for that, we watch Ridiculousness on MTV. Which it's like America's Funniest Home Videos, but like people, it's mostly videos of people falling on their face because they're doing stupid stuff. So we sit her down and we watch it, and it's kind of like kids listening to Beethoven when they're young. <laughs> we just want to expose them to bad ideas so that they know to avoid them. Nice. Yeah. Good plan. But she, she's great. I'm a daddy now, and I'm I'm proud and and happy to be one. It's and um, it's kind of crazy uh, raising a little baby and in, in during the coronathon, but uh, we're all we're all doing fine. And uh, how are y'all? 
You say Coronathon as though it's like, ooh, Coronathon. The Coronathon will continue until we get <laughs> until we reach X number our of pledges. donations from our audience. <laughs> we Corona pledges. I'm sorry, if I don't need only. to make light of this. I don't need to make light of this horrible pandemic. But what, what else are you gonna do? You I know? think five months in, all of us are like, okay. Are we you all entitled can, to joke about it a little bit? You either can laugh about it, or you're just really, really irritated about it. So, or probably both. So let's just laugh about it. Yeah. definitely yeah. both <laughs> but the introverts of the world are probably like this is great heaven long live <laughs> i don't yeah. have to pretend to be anything i can just stay in my hole it's great If Batman the Animated Series has a cult following, then I am a member of that cult. I am a card-carrying member, Oh, and I drink the Kool-Aid, and I go to meetings twice a week, <laughs> sometimes three times, and I bring a friend. Excellent. And uh, because I really like it, because, okay, I would like to ask several generations of people, because we've got our boomers like me, we've got our millennials, <laughs> we've got our Zoomers, we've got our our Ice Boom pals, we've got our, our Creepers. I'm just making up generational our... nicknames. <laughs> and the, I would want to Zenials. ask them who... Oh, the Zenials, yeah. I would want to ask them, who is your Batman? Because if you ask me who my Batman is, this is hashtag my Batman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, Christian Bale is a Close good second. rendition of Batman, but he, he is hashtag not my Batman. Yeah. Um, I really liked the potential of the new DC Universe Batman, Ben Affleck. Like, I really liked the potential of Ben Affleck as Batman. But he is, alas, hashtag not my Batman. This is my Batman, the animated series Batman. Mm. There will be a Robert Pattinson Batman, and already oh, I'm like, no. oh no, my, my on, heart really? flutters. <laughs> Ew, Cedric Diggory, my Edward. <laughs> but since uh, I I have not seen any photos, I have not seen the movie. Obviously, they're still filming it. Whatever, I cannot comment. If, but yes, as a child of the '90s, this gray, black, and blue suit Batman. Mm. is my yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. Wait. And this this like neo gothic super nightmarish world of Gotham City which we saw like, we, we see 50s? this brilliant CG yeah. fly through. Yeah. It's like oh it's so hard but to pin down it's like it's got 40s. futuristic tech but it's like stuck in the 40s and 50s it's got this With like cars. futurist futurist art deco architecture you know with a twinge of Lovecraft and stuff and I love it. It's it yeah. is a city that refuses to be redeemed. It does not want salvation, and there's only one person to defend it, and that is Batman. And then there's the Joker, voiced by Mark Hamill. This this is such a great series and such a great universe. This is hashtag my Joker. Jared, Jared Leto, down at the bottom. <laughs> Heath Ledger is a close second. <laughs> and then um, Jack Nicholson, you know, old but gold. But Mark Hamill's Joker. And Mark Hamill's goal is definitely. This Batman. Like, this is my jam when you asked me about Batman. That in the Court of Owls um, graphic novel, but that's the comics. We're, we're talking about time-based media here. And TV, mostly. Well, I mean, movie too. But yeah, no, I would definitely say that this is going to be the Batman that I regularly think of when I think of Batman. Mm. I did like the Batman Begins series. That one was the Christopher, Christopher Nolan, Nolan series. trilogy. 
Uh-huh. I did like that one. I felt like the those were easy to get through. Um, but yeah, as far as like my jam, I would say this one is too. Hmm. Okay, but before we dive into this even more, let's just set the stage for our main discussion. So the film, obviously, is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. It was released December 24th, 1993. It was produced by Warner Brothers Family Entertainment and Warner Brothers Animation, distributed by Warner Brothers. So let's just lump it into one big Warner Brothers. Directors were Eric Rodomsky and Bruce Timm. Budget was $6 million and box office was $5.8 million. The reason for this was this initially was not going to be released theatrically. It was just going to be a direct-to-video release. And then in the final hour, they decided that they were going to switch it to a theatrical release. So the entire animation for this was done in eight months. It was very stressful and it was rushed. They did up the budget in order to you know, give it a little bit more theatrical potential. Uh, you can see that in the opening sequence with that CG fly through, as Mason mentioned before, but it didn't do too well as a result of kind of lack of marketing. And it came out, you know, Christmas, you know, I, I didn't look to see what competitors it had, but obviously, you know, it didn't perform as well as maybe they would have liked it to, but it did make up back its money significantly in the home video market. As we saw, so many films in the 90s during this period of time this was like everyone mm-hmm. could not get enough vhs so it it's done quite fine yeah 1993 i was five years old yeah i didn't even know what what crime was <laughs> five i was seven yeah seven nice okay right, everybody's older than me <laughs> all right so we did have a good amount of movies that came out that year that I totally remember. I think we've reviewed nearly all of these. So obviously The Lion King stole the show for 1993. Nightmare Before Christmas, that came out November. So I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas probably was still uh, doing well in the box office. But again, I could look this up. Uh, So don't take my word on it. Thief and the Cobbler was finally just like dumped into theaters after all those years. (laughs) On a stretcher. Yeah. We're on fire. <laughs> We're back, which is a great film. I definitely had oh, that yeah. VHS. I remember that being a summer film. <laughs> I went saw that film. in theaters. Once yeah. upon a mattress. We have not reviewed that one. What? And the wrong trousers, which is the Ardman short. And we have seen that one. There so, you go. Not a crazy year that was just jam packed with tons of classics, but we've we've done quite a few of those. Hmm. So let's talk about this film, cult classic. Everyone loves it. This is our Batman, right? So why does this film have such a cult following? You know, here we are in 2020. Why are we still getting requests after requests to review this film? One thing that I really liked about it was that it took the atmosphere of the 90s animated series, which I really loved, and it cranked everything up to 10. Mm -hmm. Like they did not pull any punches on what makes the animated series so cool and i think when i i went and rewatched a lot of the episodes a few years ago and I, I wanted to be like you know i wanted to look through it through the lens of you know reality instead of through nostalgia and it really doesn't pull any punches like people get shot people get like yeah. hideously transformed into monsters like people get kidnapped there's a lot of not adult humor but there's like implied adult themes and and stuff like that like it's definitely it, it like they managed to make a kids show that um, that seemed like mature and dark and, and gritty, like the kind of the Batman universe I think should be. And they really did, they cranked everything up in this film. 
like stuff happens like people get like messed messed up yeah. like relationships are destroyed like. and people get get killed like i mean the plot revolves around basically a serial killer masked vigilante yeah woman <laughs> well, yeah and a woman how progressive and who who says who says the men can't have all the fun murdering people well they're um they're mafia crime bosses, so you know there's this moral ambiguity to it, and there are characters who are uh, either irredeemable or on their way to becoming irredeemable. And Batman is one of them. He has this major crisis of conscience throughout the whole movie. So the reason why I liked it so much is because it was more of what I loved, but in a very thoughtful, like very cool way. So if you're a fanboy of the original of the '90s series. This is what you need to watch because it just it blows away your expectations as a fan of the series. The openings part of this movie, the it has this song, this chorus, like it's a choir. Oh, uh, the, the voice! Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, whoa! This it, that is what one of the things that really opens it up to being way more than just a kids' film. It's like that. That's a stylistic choice, not just like, you know, just mm-hmm. throwing it up there with the main theme. But this is like something deep and noir and whoa that's cool noir that's a good that's a good influence to cite too yeah and like there's this one part where uh, the i believe it was the mask of a phantasm like steps on the guy's face or was that batman like <laughs> like he steps on the table which is on top of this guy's face and he's like just start he like dies <laughs> under the table <laughs> like right right whoa usually yeah you bring up a good point because usually the cartoon would uh would like Batman would just throw a guy off the building, but then the next shot you would see the guy got hooked on a light post, and it's like, oh, okay, he's okay. No one really, Batman doesn't really kill anyone, right? But, um, yeah. they're like Batman gets pushed to the limit, and I guess because it was a film or something like that, that maybe they're going for a certain rating. Like, Batman really, uh, one, one thing that, that you notice is that Batman does not wear a helmet while he's riding the bat bike like he does in the series. Oh. So he does not care about teaching kids motor <laughs> safety in this film. Sorry, kids. Batman is living on the edge. And he is this close to curb stomping this guy's face into a table. Right. <laughs> and the Phantasm, of course, his whole character is revolving around this mysterious mass vigilante who just kills mafia people. And Batman's like, no, you can't just do that. There's a code <laughs> of honor. And the Phantasm's like, LOL, kill baddies. <laughs> I love how the Phantasm has its own pyrotechnics. Oh, such style. Very high quality fog. Yeah, I mean, I, it has to it has to lug around this fog machine to get the effect. I am the angel of death. I'm like, Phantom, sing to me, my angel. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like where this is going. That's great. <laughs> nice. He's moved from Paris to Gotham. That's right. I wish he had a group of baddies that did his bidding. So that he could walk around and the fog comes up every time he steps and he'd be like, I know that your powers of retention. <laughs> <clears throat> we could have a whole a whole whole ensemble music uh, performance. I would love it. The the fog is great. The fog is part of the phantasm's character. It is. Well also, so you've noticed in that opening scene, so we're introduced to the phantasm and you know, the car jumps through the roof. That is the highest parking garage i have ever seen it's like on the 20 hey. 25th floor he goes They're out packing the- people into this office building like man that is expensive very expensive real estate for a 25 story parking garage but hey it made for mm-hmm. a great car off the cliff moment 
So the Phantasm introduces one very important plot in the film, and then we are also int- uh, introduced to another plot, which starts with Bruce Wayne attending one of his fabulous dinner parties. Ah, yes. Ah. I always felt sad for guys like that, because, like, I, I know... Why? Well, I mean, you just... Okay, I actually know a couple guys that are, like, that type of... They, they try and to... Why <laughs> aren't you getting on it, Chelsea? <laughs> uh yeah, because the moment that you get close to them, it's like they're, it's a very shallow type they, life. You realize that they're actually Batman and you can't, can never have a close relationship with them. You can never have them. a close relationship. You can never commit. <laughs> no, like I have this, I have a friend and he is like, he lives in Vegas. He lives the high life and has people over all the time, but he also is like doing it for others like he's he doesn't live this life for himself he lives it for others in hoping that he'll get some type of like i don't know it's just how you see yourself sounds boring is this david archuleta no it's not okay (laughs) have you attended one of these parties have you attended the three-piece suit party um a three-piece suit party no not with him but he doesn't have these kind of parties he has more like the las vegas lifestyle kind of parties which isn't particularly my jam so so uh, Bruce Wayne is there, and of course he has like three girls talking to him, and he is talking to them, and all of a sudden he is confronted with a face from his past. Well, dun dun dun. 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 Yeah, so it's the it's the dude, and he he basically is like, oh, I remember your ex girlfriend, and he's like, oh, oh, Arthur, I have not thought of my ex in so long, it still hurts. Arthur is such a chump. Insert Citizen Kane flashback. <laughs> yeah, That's right. There's a lot of Citizen Kane in this film. Yeah, and, and then we go to flashback with Andrea. Andrea Beaumont. I love her. I really liked her character. All of her um, her dialogue sounded really natural, and it, it didn't feel like she thought that she was doing voices for an animated film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She was in Tombstone. Ooh. And, um, and in a bunch of other stuff. Actually, I think they she they later voiced her as Lois Lane yep. in the Justice League series, which was I, I which I I personally didn't like as much as uh, I knew it sounded familiar. the Batman animated series. Yeah, but I loved her character because her voice line delivery was so natural sounding. Mm-hmm. I liked that this was a Batman romance story, and I think that's one of the reasons that uh. and one of the things that sets this apart is that the romance is really believable and. As we progress and we learn more and more about the relationship, it becomes more and more heartbreaking and mm-hmm. kind of bittersweet in a way. You know, they don't end up together and there's reasons for it. It's just they did a really, really great job of making you believe that these two were in love and things were going great. And then the mafia. He was so young, their- too. <laughs> yeah. It's the typical love story. You like someone and then the mafia gets in the way. <laughs> Am I right, fellas? I mean, it's just how it goes. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I think you're right there, Morgan. I thought that their romance was like not dumbed down for the kids. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's even an, a scene where it's implied where she like stays yeah, over. Yeah, she like stays over. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, she's just wearing his shirt. <laughs> oh, that's wow. right. Yeah. yeah, on the balcony. I'm and like, Al- Alfred's okay. like, I'm out of here. We have gone far beyond children's <laughs> series. There are multiple times when Alfred does the back away move. Like, even their very <laughs> like, first time oh. that they meet and they're just making out on the ground, he's like, back away, not yeah. today. Oh, <laughs> I like the um I like the one where um 
Alfred says, uh, I don't know what they're talking about, sir. You're the epitome of normal. By the way, I put your exploding gas balls and your tights <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the I back for your you. Tights and- <laughs> oh, that's right. And put your exploding exploding gas I'm balls like, oh, away. He really <laughs> needs you, to Alfred. upgrade and not have to, you know, iron his tights. Oh, that sounds miserable. He can't even iron his tights himself. This is like a billionaire playboy who literally cannot do anything for himself. <laughs> we have a butler. They should make a, a movie, a, a a movie called Batman colon space alfred's day off where <laughs> where bruce wayne agrees to give alfred one day off and he can't do anything with his life and all the, the rogues gallery of gotham take that as an opportunity to, to close in on batman and take him down once and for all while he's watching a youtube video trying to figure out how to p- press his own tights <laughs> that would hire be a me perfect hollywood short. yes hire me <laughs> hire alfred's so day yeah off. we get this interesting we get this interesting courtship between them. You know what I think was the weirdest part of the film was when they go on the date to the World's Fair, which is basically the Carousel of Progress. Right. Walt Disney's Carousel right. of Progress, but, you know, sinister because this is Gotham City. And uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. It even had its own jingle. Yeah. They had the household of the future is 10 years from now. is <laughs> the 1950s. Yeah, that, and it's kind of, it's simultaneously this, like, so we got the flashbacks, and then we also have him dealing with her relationship with Arthur, who I think genuinely likes her. Like yeah. there doesn't seem to, I don't think there was any ulterior motive. He's just kind of like a scummy public figure who happens to like the same guy that Batman likes. Yeah. Right. Well, it knows that Batman, I mean, they're not a thing anymore. So it's his time to swoop in. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he never associated Bruce Wayne with Batman too. So it was like, I don't know. I don't know, but it was kind of a weird relationship. He was the dad's intern. Yeah. And, you know, now they're potentially oh, that's dating. Oh, how it always like, goes. Yeah. I, I'm assuming they're more or less the same age, so, you know, his old position shouldn't matter. But, and the dad's no longer there, which she did a great job of hiding. And that's one thing I didn't really quite understand at the beginning. Like, the phantasm appears, and then later we see her on a plane flying in. Yeah, I thought that was She's weird, quick. too. I was like, huh. Yeah, did you just right. hop on a little regional jet just to make it seem like you were... You know, mm. out of town. I, I guess. Yeah. The world will never know. Oh, yeah. That's quite the scheme. It's like, do a little vigilante in Gotham. Then you sneak away out of town. And then you take a Get an alibi. And be yep. like, oh, I just got here. What's going on? Where's my yep. father? Yep. I'm not I'm not the Phantasm. Oh, yeah. Fanta who? No one's... Fanta who? Fanta who? No one even mentions Phantasm in the, in the film. Yeah. Right. So she's super dark. <laughs> like, the way that you she kills sh- these people, it's like she... She pushes an angel, an angel sculpture, like in a cemetery, in on this guy's head, you know. Mm-hmm, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, death by fallen angel. I guess it happens to us That's all what of you us. Call ironic. <laughs> yeah, there's the scene in the cemetery. I love these mob guys, man. This this universe does not like it has the mob boss uh, stereotype like down. Oh, yeah. They're like, yeah, see, right. <laughs> and then there's there's, there's one no mob guy in particular who. Maybe we can talk about this now. So, spoiler alert, there's this there's a subplot where the Joker was once one of the mob bosses trying to stiff chauffeurs. The, oh, he was a he chauffeur. Was the chauffeur. Yeah. He was the chauffeur of Boss Beaumont. So, I personally don't like it when they give an origin story to the Joker. Really? I know that the Joker 
semi-canonically has an origin story. Like, depending on which comic book series you watch or which movie you watch, he was either a guy who got dumped into a vat of acid or he, I, th- I think at one point they tried to, he, he was the Red Hood once and then he was the Joker or something like that. I'm, I'm not the comic expert here, so. You got to start don't somewhere. Me on that. But for me, the Joker is more of a, he's more of a phenomenon than an actual person. Like he, he is a symbol, just like Batman is a symbol. And while Batman's origin is very important to his character, the ambiguity of the Joker, I think, is more important to his character than an origin story. Yeah. So in my opinion, it was kind of like, it, it only served as a plot device for Batman to go look at, like go after the Joker to look for answers. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, like he, like, and it's like, apparently he knew right where he was. So he's like, what's up, Batman? Is he like not a threat these mm-hmm. days? Like you're just kind of letting him hang for right. a while. But then when he sees that he was once one of those gangsters, he's like, I have to find the Joker. It's like, now you have to find the Joker. Right. Like, I'm sure he's been up to something, you know, in, behind the scenes. But I don't like the fact that they gave him this weird origin. Yeah, I I disagree. I actually really liked it. I thought that this was I liked Harumph. they gave Batman Humph. a little. This is this is the or sorry, uh, they gave the origin of the Batman and how he you know ultimately put on the mask, and then likewise we get a little bit of the Joker because we we don't see the Joker until what at least halfway in, and it was oh, he's li- quite the surprise. I, I liked where this was going, but as soon as they brought the Joker in, I was like, okay, now this is really going somewhere. He kind of amped up uh, the action from that point on. And I like that they kind of kept him a secret, you know, and they mm. didn't just lead with the Joker. He wasn't really in any of the promotional materials. It wasn't about the Joker per se. They kind of just needed the Joker. Ultimately, when we realized the Phantasm wasn't a bad guy, quote unquote. Well, because they were looking for, they were looking for all of the people that could be next on the Phantasm's list. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... Oh, yeah. this person's in this random photo. It would be really sad if like the phantasm forgot who all was there, but only had this one photo to go back on. And it's like you just this guy, random guy, just happens yeah. to be photo bombing. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy in the no. background is like, "I'm just the caterer." <laughs> the, Aww, who's the phantasm caterer? just splats him against a, a building. Oh. Yeah, phantasm is no one to no one to joke with. Like. Pretty, pretty dang brutal. I remember the but- first time that I saw this phantasm reveal was definitely a surprise to me. Uh, watching it this time, the clues, you know what's happening and you know what to pick up for. Obviously, the the motives of Andy and Hint and the phantasm, her, uh, they, they really do line up exactly. So it becomes pretty clear. Yeah, as soon as he's like, it's jujitsu, it takes a lifelong to... And then she just throws him on his back. Yeah. It's like, mm, phantasm right, right there. Right, right. <laughs> So uh, riddle me this, uh, the Riddler is not in this movie, but riddle me this anyway. Uh, how do you spot an evil character in, in the Batman animated series? Well, you have to have the, the crazy flat The pointy hat. nose. The pointy nose, yeah. <laughs> yes, the pointy nose. You got to have some sort of sharp angles. Yes. yes. Um, apparently age spots. Uh, oh, really? that, was, that was horrible. The, the old guy? Like, wear your sunscreen, please. Yes. <laughs> hands, Terrible remember age. your hands. Yes. It's Gotham. The sun doesn't shine there. It's, <laughs> and it's, yet, it's depressing and dark. And yet he's got all the age spots. And also, uh, he's on a respirator type thing. So, I mean, coronavirus <laughs> is real. If, if you are disabled, you are evil. <laughs> and you will die because the phantasm will come after no, you. No, but that was a funny part. Like, when he's in the car with it, when the, um, what's his face, is in the car with 
the Arthur. The, Arthur's in the car. The mob they guy. called him Wheezy, didn't they? He leaves and he's like, I've got to get out. This is my stop. It's not very healthy in here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, social distancing. Get it. <laughs> Nobody social distances in this show because it is, of course, pre coronavirus, although it's hard to get out of that mentality. So, I mean, where is this all headed? I didn't know what the flashbacks were for at first. Mm-hmm. Had you, okay, first off, had anyone seen this movie before? I no. saw it one time a couple years okay. ago, but only because the, the the fans had been talking about it so much. Yeah, exactly. So I'd seen it a few years because it was highly requested. Everyone said, it's so good. It's so good. And I'm like, really? The, the Batman animated movie? Okay, if you say so. And was blown away by it. And so I was excited to watch it again. But this whole case. So this was the first time for Mason. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I've seen it on like, uh, you know, uh, store shelves and stuff. And and I've seen it on ranking rankings for animated films. But yeah, I really didn't. Uh, uh, I really didn't didn't watch it until just recently. It was a good choice. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a it's one of those ones where you look at it and you kind of want to eye roll. Even if you did like the series, you just don't have very high expectations. But you're kind of blown away at the end, and it's a really good you know, movie. Yeah, you know why I didn't have high expectations for this film because a lot of the times these animated series will will package up a bunch of episodes and they'll release it as not a movie, but as a movie-length compilation bundle, you know? Right. You know how they did that with Milo's Grand Adventure right. for, uh, yeah, for Oof. Atlantis? Yeah. Yes. That was annoying. <laughs> or, no, no, no. It, yeah, Milo's Grand Adventure, it was just a bunch of episodes recut as a film. And then there was a Tarzan yeah. movie that was basically, Tarzan sequel that was just basically a bunch of episodes from the series, right? Yes. Something like this, that. This but it was, was pretty a thing. It's a yeah, it's a pretty sneaky uh technique to fool the kids into making their parents buy your stuff. But this is an actual movie and and I really like it. Um I guess the part that I really liked was you get to see what drives him to be Batman and what drives him to almost stop being Batman. And there's this really powerful moment in the film where they dig out the cave and the bat cave is basically just a table, you know, and he he puts the cowl on and he turns around and Alfred sees him as Batman for the first time. He says, oh, my God, you know, or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, why is he saying that? Is he saying that because the like Batman is so scary looking or because Alfred realizes like this is not the boy that I that I changed the diapers, basically. I think he says later on when he's like, you don't know anything about me, Alfred, which is kind of a lame line. But then Alfred says something like, I changed your diapers, I bloody well ought to know you, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I think it was, for me, I think it's his last shred of the old Bruce, and he sees the new Bruce that has come, you know, that has given in to the vengeance or is going down this path, and so it's his shock uh, that it has turned into that. Not that, like, wow, that's a scary costume, but... It sure beats the ski mask. <laughs> but hey, his eyes glow. Oh, yeah, he was not scary at all with just his, you know, cardigan sweater and ski mask. It's like, okay. I mean, I know you're a big buff guy, but... <laughs> that's how billionaires do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm, this is what the kids wear on the streets. <laughs> right. It's always a cardigan. It's like, no, no, nobody wears them. Stop. <laughs> no, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so we get to see his first attempts at being a mass vigilante, which did, which do not go well. I don't, like. No, no. Really cool action sequence, though. Yeah. 
Well, I like how every vehicle has like an Art Deco motif. Like even the SWAT, the SWAT car uh, or the SWAT bus that has the SWAT team where they try to take Batman down later on when, when Bellic leads the the cops to try to take down Batman. It's like, it's even got this look like contours of like an Art Deco. It looks like the Chrysler building, but on wheels. Like <laughs> it's really cool. But everything like from the car chases to the trucks and stuff have this like super old 40s, 50s feel to them. I, yeah, I, I think it's like, cool because it, it puts Batman and especially this series in a time and place that you can't really pinpoint. So it doesn't feel dated. You know, when you're watching it, you're not like, oh, 1990s with a flip phone or whatever, like the giant phone that you pulled the antenna out. It just, right. you know, they, they have a computer, they have access to that. But other than that, it's kind of just amorphous where you, you don't know where it is and it makes it timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I feel like going back and doing all of these flashbacks, you really do get another side of Bruce. Like you get the kind of, I mean, he's super broody and, you know, he's, he uh, he just made this promise to his, his parents. And he just happens to meet this other crazy girl who's talking to herself or talking to her parents. And uh, I guess that's attractive to him. <laughs> we both have uh, we both have a, a death in our family. Oh yeah, there was that whole scene. Like okay, um, but you do get another side of him. Like he, he goes from that to like I didn't I didn't plan on being happy, and it's like oh well that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because it's pretty clear that he like obviously he made a promise to his parents, but it was more of a symbolic promise that like he needed to keep more than I, I think his like deceased parents needed him to keep. Yeah. You know, it's that whole thing mm-hmm. from the Christopher Nolan films where it's like, you need Batman more than Gotham needs Batman, mm-hmm. you know, which is debatable because someone's always stirring up some crap in Gotham. There's apparently no one else to do it. It's not Gotham without crap. Also, Robin is apparently in college and Harley Quinn is apparently in Arkham Asylum during the events of this film. So oh. if you're wondering where Robin and Harley Quinn are in this film uh, unfortunately yeah like robin just puts crime fighting on hold so that he can he's so he gotta get, get my DA, degree so he can get his mba I mean, hey who, but the something. joker is like the if joker is giving at- everyone laughing gas everyone's gonna die he's like sorry i got midterms <laughs> plus we're having a total rager over at the front house they're good enough at their job eventually he won't have a job oh that's right oh, that's great. yeah i i think they i read that they didn't want to include harley quinn because they wanted to keep it like a solo focus for the villain rather than being distracted by him and her which i absolutely love harley quinn yeah, animated series Harley Quinn is best Harley Quinn. Best Sorry, Harley Quinn. Yes. Margot Robbie, you tried your best, but there's no way anyone can beat that Mr. one. Mr. J, yeah, Mr. J, she's fabulous. She's amazing, but she's not in this film. And then, um, you know, the the plot thickens when the Joker arrives on the scene, and Mark Hamill, like, Amps he is always, yeah, he is always like bring in a good la- that's why i like, like about the joker is that he brings a little liveliness to the film but it's only surface level because five seconds later a bomb goes off like <laughs> very <Right>. cool <laughs> and we get to see the return of the of the uh shocking laughing gas the scene where arthur gets the laughing gas and he's trying to explain himself in the hospital is like one of the most Ooh. grotesque disturbing mm-hmm. scenes in an animated film yeah very disturbing we never find out what happened to him. One of my favorite points of this movie 
was in one of the flashbacks. It was like right before he becomes Batman and she's next to Andrea and you have he goes across the street because somebody is going is like beating up another person trying to steal their oh, stuff. Oh yeah, that whole scene. And then he like he gets his he he, he gets in this fight with him and one of the <laughs> One of the comebacks, the guy's like, I hope you have your insurance paid up. And I'm just like, oh, yes. This is the Wait, adult. That carries over. <laughs> this is the adult humor <laughs> part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they got all sorts of good stuff in this film that, like, I feel like the 90s were a little more loose about this. Like, do you remember watching the Rugrats? And, like, if I watched Rugrats now, I would, like, you pick up on a lot of, like, adult humor in that film, in that show. But as kids, we were only ad- we were only interested in like the adventures that the characters were having. But there's like certain mm-hmm. comments throughout the '90s, like that you hear characters say now that are like, "Whoa, like they put that into kids' movie." Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> when I say adult humor, I mean they're adulting. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, adulting insurance humor. <laughs> Got your insurance paid up. <laughs> yeah. You're going all all off the board here. <laughs> They should have a animate Batman animated film called Bruce Wayne Does His Taxes by himself. <laughs> Man, you're coming up with all sorts of great material for them. I know, because Mr. Freeze uh, freezes all the CPAs in Gotham, and they can't do any, any work, and so everyone has to do the taxes themselves. Oh, my God. It was all a plot. <laughs> what, yeah. Watching Batman do his little investigations online is like... You know, Ooh. watching the conspiracy theorists on the Instagram, it's fantastic. It's all connected. <laughs> it's like that image from um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where uh, Charlie Day is like, I think that's his name, where he's like, he's got all the red like strings. Yeah, I don't under, I didn't understand. I'm like 32, so you'd think I would be an adult and I can understand adult things. But I didn't understand the whole like money embezzlement subplot. Like, the reason why Mr. Beaumont got in trouble in the first place and had to flee the country. You know how it should have ended? This is a how it should have <laughs> ended, okay? Morgan. The MBA of the of the group needs to come in and say, embezzlement facts, guys. <laughs> she comes in. She realizes that her dad is in with the mob. He owes them money. So instead of what actually happened is they pack their bags and they flee the country, how about you hit up her billionaire boyfriend and ask for a little loan oh, ask for and a everything loan. would be okay and then boom you can stay together the dad doesn't die the mob is happy because they got paid within 24 hours <laughs> done well this, what if this not what a if thing? bruce wayne has all his money tied up in, <laughs> in, in foreign accounts and investments yeah. then he is not very good with his money because you need to at least have some liquid assets Oh, that's true. Time of emergency. I mean, I think your newly proposed fiance, uh, what's mine is yours. You need some money? Sure. I'll help you out so you don't flee the country and leave me for 10 that's years. That's right. My he heart. does propose. Mm-hmm. He commits. He's like, and, and I don't know if it's clear at that point if he doesn't want to be the Batman anymore. I think he's, I think they should. Oh, and a huge important part of this movie is that Andrea knows his alter ego. Yeah. Right? She she discovers... Well, so, okay, when's the timeline on that? Does she discover... So he isn't Batman when they're dating, and she discovers... She his- suspects, because she sees him next to the Wayne family uh, tomb in Gotham Cemetery, and by association. But that's when he's Batman, so it's after. Da-da-da-da. Yeah, at some point, she, she knows his alter ego. Yeah. And, well, either uh, way, you know, she figured it out as any smart person would be able to do with this guy 
That's how I knew. Uh, that's how I knew she was a dead character walking because she knew the ca- the main character's alter ego. That's true. That's mm-hmm. a dead giveaway right mm-hmm. there. But she didn't die. She didn't die. Yeah. She just goes she... on the Titanic. Why? I don't know why they can't get back together. His heart is closed off. He's the Batman. He has no he more room Batman for love. No, he is the bat. she. She. It's because she went the other way. They both have that in common, meaning like they're both. She like went too far. She Kate was Crusaders, but yeah. Her crusade, oh yeah, because he would have to bring her in. Yeah, her crusade is killing people, and he just wants mm-hmm. to bring justice and, you know, right, right. He just the, wants to t- to take the hardest road possible towards making <laughs> Gotham safe. Yeah. <laughs> you want something done? You've got to do it yourself. That's right. I like the proposal scene where it's like, yay, we're happily married, and the bats are like <laughs> you bet huge cloud of bats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. It's like hmm, a little Very on the nose. I thought, I thought he did that as, you know how uh, proposals are so elaborate now? We have to like put them on Instagram and TikTok now. Right. Um, I think I said that right. TikTok? I don't use it. I don't understand it. Oh, it's getting, okay, it's boomer. getting outs. Okay, Enjoy, yeah, okay, boomer moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, enjoy it while you can, citizens. Right? <laughs> oh, brother. So, anyway, the bats are like, yeah, here we go. I thought it was an elaborate thing that Bruce Wayne planned. Like, but she didn't, that wouldn't make any sense because she doesn't know he's Batman. It's so right, just right. like a bunch of random bats. <laughs> Surprise! Is that how he. Rabid vermin. <laughs> Coronavirus. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Do not mention the bats, Chelsea. But yeah, um, proposal proposal goes horribly wrong. Put that in your proposals gone wrong compilation yeah. on on YouTube. <laughs> and this is around the time when uh, the Joker kind of makes the main stage. Uh, he's done with Harley Quinn. He has a robot wife in this film. Right. Oh, wow. She completely obedient, good with a knife. He even <laughs> she even has a mode like there's this part where he's like pushing a bunch of buttons and she just tries to kill Andrea. Oh yeah, he's reprogrammed. The, the, the robots were pre-programmed. Oh, he's reprogrammed them. I thought they were like programmed back in the World oh, Fair days. Oh, perhaps, perhaps. Like, okay, if the people get too excited, <laughs> press this button, <laughs> then you'll really see some. <laughs> anyway, must every robot must have a toggle switch that turns them into homicidal maniac killer robots? Of course. <laughs> And boy, do we see some pyrotechnics. The Joker is ready to take everyone down with him, and we see some really good action. This this good, this good like, not love triangle, but like a fighting triangle between the Joker, Andrea, and Batman. Ooh, ooh. And before all this happens, we have the cool sequence where the SWAT team tries to capture Batman, and they yes. always do it. And, uh, and it's led by Bellic, who is like one of my favorite Batman characters. He's like the super disgruntled detective who like, he's made it his life's mission to expose Batman. <laughs> but he's grossly incompetent he shows up in a bunch of those old episodes i need to rewatch it i loved this show when i was younger that was spider-man ah 90s spidey the 90s spidey so should we wrap it up i mean we've kind of talked about it kind of chest ends doesn't it yeah well like there's the part where they both realize that they, they could make this work. Could they make this work? Oh, maybe. Except for the fact that he doesn't realize at the time that she's the psychopathic serial killer that's been going and taking out mm. all the baddies. And so, you yeah, you, it ends up with this, you know, face-off between the two. Ba- not a face-off per se, but, a, you know, the moment where he realizes that I could I can't be with you because you've gone to the other extreme. 
And she's like, oh, no. And then just like smokes herself out. <laughs> she fogs. She fogs. She fogs off. Her fog machine. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's a glimpse there's a glimpse of something because he it's so lame. He's like back in the Batcave. He's like, well, I guess I'll just like oh, move yeah. on to the next villain. And he's like, what's that? And then like There's five miles away in this <laughs> random side of the Batcave, this oh, random crevice, right. it's the locket. And he opens up and the Sailor Moon theme starts playing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm watching the, the locket subplot of Sailor Moon. And oh. where it plays the theme song when she opens it. Uh, but anyway, he opens it, and it, of course, is the locket by Andrea. So not only did she know she was ba- he was Batman, but she also knew where the Batcave was. How does that even work? And how to get in there. And... Yeah, she had access to all this gear. That's dangerous. Maybe that's where yeah. she got the fog machine. Maybe she just paid Alfred, and Alfred was like, sure, like... I don't get paid. I don't get paid enough anyway. Come on in. Come Help on yourself. in. Slipped him a couple hundreds. Yeah, a couple, a couple G's. But yeah, there we go. And then at the very end, we get the iconic shot shot of Batman swooshing through the Gotham skyline off on another Daredevil adventure, except maybe now he's a little more hardened and a little more brooding. Brooding is a great word for him. Maybe yeah. Robert Pattinson would be a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, with, with perfect gymnast form if you notice he is his toes yeah. are pointed he is tight right as he's swinging was i the only person who noticed that i was like "Ooh, uh-huh. yeah you you must have been a gymnast back in your day must be time for the olympics when we when like millions of people around the world oh. suddenly become experts in whatever right. activity they're watching <laughs> great form <laughs> Ooh, that was only a 7.3 like mm-mm-mm. his toes weren't he didn't tuck in early enough. No way. No way he's going to take gold. All right. We have a Rotonation question. These are exclusive questions that we ask the patrons of the Animation Addicts podcast. And today's, it was another original concept by me. It says, thoughts on Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Go! And we have two responses. One from Ryan Campbell. He says, it's a great film. The movie was actually better than some of the live action movies they were releasing at the same time. Some of the Batman animation from the 90s is still some of the best incarnations of Batman that exist. I agree. That's a good totally one. Totally agree. Yeah. And our very own Rachel Wagner says, my favorite Batman because it really explores Bruce as a person and what he has to sacrifice to be Batman. I love Shirley Walker's score. Ooh, so that is yeah. something that we have not talked about really is the score. The score is fantastic. And Shirley Walker is very, very accomplished. She began in 1979 and continued uh, She even in 2017. Well, I'm not really sure how she did something in 2017, considering she died in 2006. It must be old uh, theme music. Oh, yes, she was the composer of the theme music for Justice League action. But uh, she died in 2006, yet has one, two, three, four, five, six, six posthumous credits to her name. That's what happens when you create original themes that get used again and again and again. She's most known for Dick Tracy, Darkman, Escape from a la and true lies so the 90s were her jam and she did a really really great job with this you mentioned at the beginning the choir and how that stood out to you i yeah i felt like everything about the score with this just may added so much to the overall impact of everything so there you have it. We ask exclusive questions just to our patrons. So if you'd like to access those perks and more, I mean, there are even better 
perks than us asking questions and you having to answer. <laughs> we have perks like bonus episodes. You get extra footage and bloopers and all sorts of things. So check it out at rotoscopers.com slash patron. Do it. What would you even rate this Ooh. film? Chelsea, take it away. I give it four stars. So Chelsea says four stars. Yeah, I. it's not something that I feel like I could watch like on repeat. Mm. Um. And I think that's one of the main things that I have. Because I, I, I watched it the one time, and when I saw it, I was like, this was a good movie. And I watched it again this time, and I said, this is a good movie. But it's been like four <laughs> movie, like four years in between. And I wouldn't have thought, hey, I want to watch the Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, without having heard somebody say, you guys should watch this for the podcast. And yeah. So I don't think I would have done it. Um, so because of that, Four stars. Should rewatchability be part of of your of how you evaluate a film as a whole, though? It's it's on mine, though. I have like to. I really liked James Cameron's Avatar. Not to be confused with Avatar: The Last Airbender, which I have not watched, nor have I watched its offshoots. Um, but I've I would never watch it again because it was like too epic. But I kind of liked it. But there are also films that I would watch over and over again. I don't that know. Aren't good. <laughs> I'm with Chelsea, though. I rate this pretty high, probably four stars. It was really well done. It's just a style of animation and, like, an era of animation from my childhood that uh, I really long for in a nostalgic way. But, like, watching it now as an adult, like, it still kind of holds up with how I want to experience a Batman story in animation. Yeah, I think think we're going to be four stars all around. I can't necessarily give this four and a half, but I just thoroughly enjoyed this movie. The animation, mm. if you actually look at it, it's not the highest quality, obviously $6 million budget, you know, back in the nineties, that was still something at least, but it's the story and the characters that really make this what it is. And I love the love story. I like how bittersweet it is. I like the, you know, the whodunit of the villain and that reveal, which by the way, in the merchandise, they stupidly had the phantasm action figure with the mask off so it revealed who it was which is if i were the director of this film i'd be so ticked if you if you want spoilers on any upcoming movie look at the toys and look at the children's books story books that's how i figured out frozen 2 that (laughs) olaf was the villain (laughs) oh sorry spoiler alert So overall, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite good, and I'm glad I got to rewatch it again. I probably won't watch it right away, but if you want to watch it and you listen to this and you've never seen the film, well, sorry that we spoiled you, but you can check it out on Netflix as of the time of this recording. So so before we go into wrapping things up, this film is actually considered one of the greater Batman films, you know, especially at the time people ranked it either equal to the Tim Burton Batman or just a rank below. And now that the Christopher Nolan ones have come out, um, it still consistently makes lists for greatest Batman films and even greatest animated films. So I think that goes to show the quality that you don't need a big budget. You just need good characters, good story, and of course some sweet action. Very good. Sweet, sweet action.
All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. You know where to find us. We are everywhere on the internet, Rotoscopers. I had a great time reviewing this film, Mask of the Phantasm. I'm so pumped that Mason was back and, of course, Chelsea, as always. But now that we have Mason back, it's time for our new segment called mason reviews really where mason will read one of our five star (laughs) reviews in the voice of whatever person that person requested so today's review which you can scroll down and you can do this is ross from monsters inc so oh that's easy one good so take it away mason great podcast five stars This podcast is awesome. They cover all sorts of animation, and they just have fun doing it. (laughs) So if you like animation, this podcast is perfect for you. And hey, you might discover a new movie or show. Slash Roz from Monsters. (laughs) I think my Roz is kind of merging into Krusty the Clown. Hey, good time. This one came. From, <laughs> this one came from Brazil. I was like, Sweet. yeah, that was Great. from Trini. <laughs> so if you have not reviewed the show, be sure to leave us a review. Five star reviews at, get read on the show. And if you want to have a special voice, let us know because we Mason will do it. Morgan is committing me right now. Yeah, sorry. Mason will do anything. <laughs> Just give him anything. <laughs> And, and, if, and if you don't like it, then... This was months ago. We have a whole document of yeah. reviews, Mason. Oh, really? I better prepare. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah haven't, I haven't done any impersonations in a really long time. I'll send you the link. Um, if it, I do a few re, few um, impersonations. Not very well. Usually they are Disney princess related. So I guess if you want me to really attempt, <laughs> go for it. Just, just let us know in your review who you want to do. We're just going to assume you want Mason unless it's a girl character. Then Chelsea and I will hack through it. We'll do our best. So, Good no times. joke. This is an actual experience I had. I worked at a, a game studio and there was a character whose voice was supposed to be like a little girl, like, like, uh, like 12, 14, not little girl, but like, you know, 12, 14 year old girl. And they were like, Hey Mason, you're good at doing voices. Why don't you do it? I was like, <laughs> excuse me. Like, I don't. And so I tried it and, and they were like, Oh, <laughs> and they were like they super expect? disappointed in me. I'm like, I am a 30 year old man, and you're asking me to voice an adolescent girl. Like, there are some things that are physically not possible. Uh, good time. But anyway, that will always be a bad bad memory in my life. But so he can't do female voices clearly because uh, he just told us. But if you want him, he can try. And if you want me, I can, do, like, I deep, can try deeper voiced uh, characters like Ursula. Maybe I can try to do Ursula. Oh, okay. Tips. If you don't know what voices he can do, be sure to check out his 100 animated voices impressions oh, video. Thing. It's great. So check it out. I'll include the links in the show notes. And now, finally, we've been talking about this and teasing this, and we have so many voicemails of people giving us their reviews. But our next episode is going to be long-awaited Toy Story 4. Get ready. Send in your voicemails. There is a lot of voicemails, so we won't be able to play them all, but we will play a handful here and there. But until next time, we we are are the the Rotoscopers. Rotoscopers. Hmm, That's a very good brand of fog that he uses. He, she uses. It uses. So Bruce uh, Bruce Willis... (laughs) 
Why do you keep highlighting this sen- sentence? Oh, I'm fidgeting. Oh, okay. I was like, are you really wanting me to bring that up again? <laughs> Talk about no, it. I'm like, Talk oh, sorry. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I fidget. I do this fidget where I um, I, I highlight that. I highlight text all the time. It helps me like feel like I'm in control of my life, I guess. Way to expose me, Chelsea. Well, like, these are all my notes that you're highlighting. So I'm like, I'm, I said this. Chelsea. And your line is, <laughs> we have to go back to the Brazilian end. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. So yeah, Bruce Wayne is living in this... <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, we should have recorded our screens. And show this madness that I'm causing. All right, someone else talk. I can't. <laughs> Laugh break. Okay. <laughs> I took I took my smelling salts. <laughs> You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.